Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Jake Allo from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thanks for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today, we will be discussing the focused pharmacogenomics panel with Dr. Ann Moyer. But before we get started, Dr. Moyer, could you provide us with a little bit about you and your background? Yeah, thank you. Hi, I'm Ann Moyer, and I'm a molecular genetic pathologist here at Mayo Clinic. And I was fortunate enough to do all of my training here at Mayo Clinic in the MD-PhD program and worked with Dr. Winchelbaum, who is an expert in pharmacogenomics for my thesis work on phase two drug metabolizing enzymes. And now I'm a co-director of the Molecular Technologies Laboratory at Mayo Clinic, where we do pharmacogenomic testing clinically. And we have a number of different exciting test offerings available that I'm excited to tell you about today. Sounds great. Thanks so much for sharing that. Just to get right into those test offerings, would you mind sharing just a brief overview of uh, the Focus Pharmacogenomics panel? Yeah, the focused pharmacogenomics panel is a pharmacogenomics panel that includes about 10 genes, and they're broadly applicable for many different medications. So the genes that are included on the focused pharmacogenomics panel are ones that are important in psychiatry, in cardiology, in coagulation, and pretty much any medical specialty that you can think about. And so the reason that the genes were selected for that particular panel is simply because they are so broadly applicable. So the goal of this panel would be that it should be useful for patients that are either on many different medications or patients where the differential diagnosis is still rather broad, where it's difficult to decide which medication to put the patient on. And so because these drugs metabolize so many different medications, hopefully this is a panel that once the patient has it ordered, it can be reused again and again throughout their care no matter what specialty they're seen in. And these genes also all have a very high level of evidence. And so what I mean by that is either there's information in the FDA drug label that talks about a particular medication and one of these specific genes is mentioned. And in those cases, we provide medication recommendations based on that information that's in the FDA label. Or in some cases, the Clinical Pharmacogenetics Implementation Consortium has come out with guidelines that talk about how you would use the results from that particular gene in guiding medications. So the dosing or which medication would be selected. And so again, for those CPIC guidelines, we include medication recommendations that are based on that so that the provider will get not only the genotype from each of the individual genes, but also information on how they would use that clinically. And so I think one of the exciting things about this panel is again, with those medication recommendations and it being broadly applicable, hopefully it will serve many different patient populations. And I think the best thing is we really enjoy doing this clinically. So if a provider orders this panel and they have questions about it, you can always give us a call and we're happy to chat about anything that's on the panel. No, thank you for sharing that. This work is always done because of that passion to bring new information and new technologies to the bedside and to patient care. So I really appreciate that patient focus and all the work that you and your team have done to align the testing with the guidelines. So coming back to that patient focus, which patient should have this testing and when do you recommend it be performed? I think there's a lot of really good options for that. So it's a little bit individual to the actual clinical scenario. So 
I think the probably the best place to use it is if a patient comes in and they might get put on a medication that either has one of those FDA labels that mentions one of these specific genes or a CPIC guideline that mentions one of these specific genes, that's a really good opportunity to use this panel. So potentially the single gene could be ordered in that situation, but alternatively, if the panel is ordered, the results might be usable in the future as well. And now there might be other patients though, where it's not ideal always to have to wait for the results to come back. We try to turn this panel around as quickly as possible to get the results to the patients and the providers so that they can use it for clinical decision-making. But the other option is that the panel could be ordered for a patient who's not on any of the medications at this point in time, and maybe none of them are even being considered right yet, but in the future, they may need a medication. And so if these results are available already in the electronic medical record, then they can be used as soon as that prescription is needed. So that would be what we call a preemptive setting. And that would be the other option where I think this would be a great panel, especially again, because it's broadly applicable to many different medications. And we never know what exactly a patient might need to take in the future. It seems like that's one of the really exciting things. That's always been part of the promise of pharmacogenomics that you can sequence or do targeted genotyping for a group of genes and then continue to use that information across different episodes of care, across different specialties. And that's always one of the things that has made me most excited about this test is that we finally have an opportunity to take advantage and capitalize on that promise, uh, which is pretty cool. So clearly this isn't the only test that's uh, available within the pharmacogenomic space. Can you talk a little bit about what alternative test options are available and how they compare? Yeah, so here at Mayo Clinic, we offer a panel, again, this focused panel that we're talking about today, but there are also a few other panels as well as some single gene offerings. So in terms of other panels, we also offer a psychotropic pharmacogenomics panel. And I think the difference there is that that one's really tailored for patients that need medications in the space of psychiatry or neurologic disorders. And so for those ones, it will involve some of the same genes that are on our focused panel, but then there are also genes that have emerging levels of evidence. So for a patient who is particularly complex, or if a provider and a patient are interested in even considering research applications or uh, just, again, more complex patients that need those advanced diagnostics, I think that's a good application for that particular panel versus there's also a lot of single gene offerings. And so for those ones, if maybe the provider is not as comfortable with looking at all of the genes at the same time, and they have one very specific clinical question for their patient, in those cases, maybe a single gene would be a good option as well. And so one other thing actually to note is that when we designed this focused panel, we did not include some of the pharmacogenes that are important in cancer drugs. And the reason for that is just because thinking about if I were going to recommend this panel to my friends or family, if they actually had a cancer diagnosis, I would want them to have a test done right at that point in time to make sure that that is the most up-to-date current test possible for them. And so since we know that the focused panel, the results can be reused again and again, I thought it would be better and I would recommend getting that test at that point in time. So we offer those as single genes rather than as part of the panel. And so that's something that in the future, we may consider making a broader panel as insurance coverage changes and whatnot, but sometimes it's difficult to get a gene tested more than once. And so that's why it's really important just to get it done for those particularly toxic drugs in the cancer space at the point in time that the patient really needs it rather than in advance a few years. 
that makes a lot of sense. And I still remember the first time that you and I discussed this and that you shared that rationale and that resonated then and it resonates now. It's one of the nice things about working with you in the environment here at Mayo Clinic Labs that it does all come back to that patient focus that really appreciate you sharing that. To finish on that same note about patient care, can you comment on how the results from this test are used in patient care? Yeah, so for this test, there are many different ways that the results can potentially be used. So there are a number of medications on this test. For example, let's say that a patient comes in and the provider is trying to decide which selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor to use. I think that's a a good example. That's a common clinical scenario that many providers are facing today with their patients. So in that case, some of them are metabolized primarily by CYP2D6 versus some of them are primarily metabolized by CYP2C19. And so the provider would be able to look at the results and we would be providing the genotype for each of the genes. We would also be providing the phenotype. So that would be a normal metabolizer or a poor metabolizer or an ultra rapid metabolizer, whatever the case may be for that specific patient. And then based on the FDA label and the CPIC guidelines and knowing how these various medications are metabolized, we would be providing a medication recommendation. And again, these are not something to be used in isolation. It's really important to think about the full patient context. But for example, let's say that a patient was a CYP2D6 normal metabolizer, and they were a CYP2C19 poor metabolizer. Well, we know that citalopram and escitalopram, for example, are metabolized primarily by CYP2C19. So maybe in that case, the provider would want to select one of the other medications, one of the other SSRIs that's metabolized primarily by CYP2D6. And clearly it gets a little bit more complicated because oftentimes a patient might be a poor metabolizer for both of these. And so then there's a little bit more to think about in those cases, but then completely different example. Well, maybe this patient they're on now their SSRI and the provider and the patient has used the pharmacogenomics along with all of the other clinical variables to really figure out the best medication and the depressions under control. Now the patient ends up having heart attack and they end up having a stent placed and they need clopidogrel long-term. Well, they can go back to that CYP2C19 result and reuse it in this setting again. And perhaps the patient had this heart attack because maybe they had really high cholesterol and maybe they're going to need to go on a statin also. Well, this panel also includes SLC01B1. And so, I mean, as you can imagine, there are so many different clinical scenarios because we know each patient is individual and unique. And so depending on what medication they may need in the future, if pharmacogenomics can be used to guide that medication, there's a good chance that we've included that particular gene on this panel, and therefore they can keep reusing those results again and again. And one thing that we didn't mention earlier is that for our panels, we tried to be really careful and cognizant about making sure that we include all of the alleles that are relevant for various patient populations throughout the world. And so I think that makes our test something that should be useful for years to come. Someday there are a lot of rare variants that individual patients may have. Most patients probably won't have one of these rare variants, but that's something that's a little bit of a limitation of today's technology of using targeted genotyping rather than sequencing technologies where you can find any variant that a particular patient may have. So in the meantime, until the technology is ready for us to do more sequencing, because we've included a wide variety of alleles that are found in many different ethnic groups, I think our panels should be well-suited for patients of many different ethnic backgrounds and populations as well as patients that have many different clinical needs for some of the different drugs that we've mentioned today. 
Thank you for sharing that. It's a really important point because of the depth of coverage and the number of alleles that are included here. It is uh, entirely appropriate for many different patient populations. And I also appreciate what you shared about clinical utility and the fact that this includes the genes with the highest demonstrated clinical utility. There's clearly a lot of research and your expertise that's gone into the development of this panel, as well as the other one that you mentioned. Really appreciate you doing all the work to make these available, as well as uh, sharing uh, everything you've shared today. Any final thoughts you'd leave us with uh, before we wrap up? Well, I just wanted to reemphasize that this is something we're very passionate about. And sometimes when we're in the laboratory, we don't get to see the patients ourselves anymore. So one of the most rewarding parts of my job is getting to talk with the providers who are seeing the patients and when they're using our tests to hear about how it's working for them or what ideas they may have for improvements or just talking through questions to make sure that the test is as useful as possible for each provider and their patient. So always welcome to take phone calls and chat about these tests more. Sounds great. Well, Dr. Moyer, thank you so much for your time and everything you've shared and hope you have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.